Hello everyone, I'm Grace and welcome back to Follow the Gap podcast. I'm finally coming to you from Boston, from my new home. So lots of updates for this episode. It is March 1st today, so happy March. Um, The past month of February was kind of a fast one. It definitely flew by in a way, although I had plenty of free time and it wasn't like I was necessarily really busy. Yeah, so just for some updates, I made the move from New York to Boston at the end of January. Um, Looking back, I am pretty proud of myself and also just feel lucky and thankful that things went relatively smoothly and quickly, I would say, in terms of finding a new job and finalizing that, finding a place to move into. So yeah, I guess the past month of February has been filled with plenty of like logistical things. Um, So yeah, when I first moved, I had not found a job yet. So um, that was kind of like in process and in flux. And I also didn't have a finalized place to move into yet. So I was still working my old job remotely um, and I stayed with my boyfriend in Boston at his place for a total of three weeks. Um, So I had all of my stuff there. We moved directly from New York to just like his place. And in the meantime, I was looking for a place to move into myself. Um, Yeah, so I would say like the past month overall has actually been pretty peaceful and stable. Um, There were definitely stresses like here and there, mostly around these logistics, as you might imagine. Um, There were like just kind of small hiccups and pockets of stress along the way when I had to, for example, like wait for other people, other parties to confirm different things with the job and the move. Um, But yeah, actually it went pretty quickly. The second week I think that I moved to Boston, I got my new job. So um, I will be starting that next Monday, which is in like four or five days. So pretty soon. I am excited. Um, It's at the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, and it's as a clinical research coordinator at the Depression Center. Um, Yeah, so I was really relieved when I got that confirmed because I had been interviewing with them and also interviewing with other positions at MGH prior to that, like when I was still in New York and um, another position like ghosted me and it was just kind of stressful like dealing with that whole waiting and um, trying to have things finalized and to be able to make other plans around it. But in any case, the way it ended up I think turns out well. Um, Given that the job I got, they actually wanted me to start basically as soon as we could. all the tentative travel plans I had originally just around maybe like February, March, whenever I make the transition, um, I had to eliminate those travel plans. So unfortunately, not going to like California or to Asia, but um, it's okay. I also originally had a sublet in line for Boston, but it started, it would have started in mid-March, which back then I thought was an ideal date because I thought I wanted some extra time, flexibility to travel and stuff before entering a lease. So 
I mean, I guess I had to be pretty adaptable just in the past few weeks. So given that my job was going to start soon, I just decided instead to look for different leases that would start earlier. Um, and luckily, I ended up finding a lease that started mid-February. So I moved into this place where I am right now about two weeks ago. Um, and I actually really love this space, so I feel really grateful for that. Um, it's a really big room in a four-bedroom apartment, um, and the natural light is really good, so it definitely like makes me just feel more at home and comfortable and not sad staying inside in my room. And it that's yeah something I really value. So I'm glad that it worked out well and was able to be finalized relatively smoothly. It was definitely a bit stressful in the meantime, just like waiting for the property management company and like different logistical things. Um, so yeah, all this to say, like I have been reflecting a little on the men months of February and just this transition and move in general. Um, it definitely like I think objectively in the broader picture of my life i can see that it's a pretty big transition actually it's like really important and i think for any young adult like at this age it's a pretty big deal like i'm moving to a completely different city um i like left basically all my friends who are in new york and i'm starting a new job all basically at the same time um I think the reason that it hasn't maybe like felt as stressful as it could is just it's been a long time coming in me thinking that I wanted to make a move and so like emotionally and mentally it's something that I've like kind of built myself up to for a very long time um like a long time for like moving out of New York and even longer for wanting to pursue this path of eventually becoming a clinical psychologist um so yeah the goal is i will be at this research job for two years in my second year i'll be applying to phds in clinical psychology and then will ideally be starting a doctoral program i guess in 2025 um yeah and i think having gone through like the various experiences whether that be professional or personal in the past few years um, I've learned a lot and over, I guess, the past, like, especially year or so as I went through my past relationship and had to confront a lot of new challenges and new discoveries about myself, um, I am proud of myself in realizing that I can actually, like, manage a healthy amount of stress, um, or any emotions without having to suppress it like I feel like in the past I've generally prided myself in, in being an emotionally stable person and the way I used to think about it was like oh I am good at managing stress which meant to me that I rarely get stressed it's basically like an all or nothing type thing where I would just say like I don't get stressed like school doesn't stress me out like whatever doesn't stress me out I just don't get stressed and that to me was what being good at managing stress meant and now as i grow up and like explore more experiences and also see more complexity in the world i realize like 
that's not managing stress that's just like suppressing or like ignoring emotions or like stressors the reality is um you can actually experience your emotions at a like healthy level and be able to recognize it accept it and manage it in a healthy way and that doesn't actually mean suppressing it that means acknowledging it um so i've like had plenty of instances over the past month in february um especially in the context of what i mentioned so one being um finalizing a job and two being finding a place to move into and actually like executing that move there were times where i would be like just kind of like i guess anxious overwhelmed or sometimes just unmotivated with my day-to-day and like i don't know just not feeling my complete 100 percent self and i what i noticed in those instances is that i actually was pretty good at recognizing and being aware of the feelings um and i would think about why i felt that way and often it was like mm, i guess luckily for these instances a pretty clear explanation and so i think i was able to just like have the awareness of what i was going through and kind of like validate myself and just be like oh you know it makes sense that given this like waiting or uncertainty i might feel a little bit anxious in my like day-to-day activities and not feel completely present with other things um and at the same time like being okay with that like once i am aware of it just like being like oh like you know that makes sense so like there's nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with the situation like nothing is actually going wrong it's all happening the way not like the way it's supposed to be but like it's happening in a normal progression of of just you know life takes time and processes take time to get through um and so i think i was more okay with that and just like knowing that the stress will pass so that's something i'm just I guess proud of myself for and I think it'll be pretty important for I mean just the rest of life in general um and then so in terms of my job situation I left my old company um a week and a half ago at this point so I just wanted to touch on that a little bit um I don't know if I ever mentioned specifically but my previous job was as a therapist outreach lead at Zencare, which is a mental health startup. Um, it's basically an online destination for anyone to find a therapist. So really trying to make the search process for therapy more streamlined and simplified. And so we provide therapists with like a marketing service. We also provide them with practice management help things like that um and i worked there for almost a year in a sales role so i was speaking to therapists on the phone every day as the primary um, portion of my role and i just uh feel really sub like really grateful and want to touch on like that community and like that company for helping me a lot um everyone was super supportive about me leaving like i um told 
everyone like on video chat had conversations with various people i told them like what my goals were in terms of the job i was going to and my plans to pursue a phd after that and people were so so supportive and just like were like wow like you know in a few years we're so excited to welcome you as a zen care provider which i really want to do um, so it does feel very like motivating and just heartwarming um or like once you know i start on this path to become a psychologist um i just also like reflecting on you know i've had two full-time work experiences since i graduated college now um they were obviously very very different since the first one was in consulting and yeah i the point wasn't to go into that but i just wanted to like say i feel like zen care taught me a lot about what a really good and healthy workplace culture is um you know i felt like everyone was really valued and also just acknowledged as humans outside of our work roles um so i guess as a smaller company and like one that values mental health i think it was really natural for all of us to connect about our outside lives our interests and interestingly like oftentimes we were connecting and talking about our romantic relationships um so yeah it was really cool to be in an environment like that and i felt like um all the managers were like really understanding about um people taking time off whether that's for sickness or like whatever it is we had unlimited pto so yeah basically like all these great things that i'll really miss and just like it inspires me to know it i guess it reassures me maybe i don't know to know that these types of workplaces exist out there and it's not all just like very corporate and inflexible um and then specifically i feel like this job was very serendipitous for me in a way like i think it's exactly what i needed in the past year for several reasons um and I'll go into them. One, I think, is this job allowed me the time and space to really enjoy my personal life. So that's like my social life and just like going to the gym, like doing whatever. Um, and that was what I really needed to recover from like, I guess, the pain and the struggles of my like late 2021 to first half of 2022 life so yeah basically recovering from my like heartbreak from my old relationship and also from the like burnout and trauma of my old job in consulting so yeah this was i guess like the perfect time to have a flexible and like really like a flexible job and a really kind and caring work culture to be able to allow me to heal from everything else and to grow in a way that's very supported and safe. Um, I think professionally, it also just um, gave me the confidence and assurance that the mental health field is actually what I want to be in and just the confirmation that I know I want to become a therapist myself. Um, And this was like in big part due to like all the time I spent in my job talking to other therapists on the phone. I think it really did inspire me and make me feel closer to like, oh, I can achieve that too. And like, this is the path I can take to get there. And um, this is like the type of like, I guess, community that I look forward to being in in the future. Um, Another thing is I 
yeah, like was really inspired by specific people in the company, including my manager, including the CEO. And I think also just like what I said, the culture that they created is really special. And so it's cool for me like to reflect on it as I was leaving the company. Um, and I know for sure, like in some intangible way, I will take with me um, in my future endeavors how I want to be a leader and what kind of people I want to work with. If I have my own group practice down the line and hire other clinicians and other people into the practice, like what kind of work culture and team culture I want to create myself. Um, and so seeing like these women from my company, all pretty young, like not too much older than me, building that and creating that makes me feel like one day, like I would really love to be able to do that myself. Um, yeah, so I think just like overall, what I really admired from Zencare was like a balance of, in terms of the work culture, there was such a balance of professionalism and like us all working towards this shared mission, um, but also personal connection. So like really seeing everyone on the team as individuals and getting the opportunities, even though we work completely remotely, to connect with each other at a personal level. So that was done really well. Okay, um, next topic. I actually have a lot to cover this episode, so we'll just keep going. Um, so I wanted to touch on my relationship. So I mentioned, you know, in February, like I lived at my boyfriend's place for three weeks when I didn't have my own place. Um, and I think that was definitely like a really good experience in terms of, I guess, progressing our relationship and, and like how we see the future. Um, in the day to day, I was like really happy with, I think, just how harmonious we are, we were living together. Um, I feel like we're very calm and very kind and understanding to each other. And so it's really easy in that sense. Um, I, yeah, I think that, um, if I had made this move to Boston and this like career transition without him in my life, it definitely would have been a lot more difficult for me to just adjust and feel stable and secure. Um, so I'm really grateful that he has been there through all of it and really helped me like both practically and emotionally, like mentally with just making sense of it all and adjusting. Um, I think like in our time living together and coexisting, um, which was a lot more time than we had spent previously since I had been long distance before this, um, one important thing that I really appreciated, um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to phrase this well, I'm just going to try to describe it, I feel like we're able to support each other and um, just be there for each other without expectation or pressure. So for example, I feel like when one of us is like tired or something and like a little bit stressed and maybe doesn't want to talk as much and just like needs a little bit of time or space, I feel like we're able to, the other person is able to not take that personally and instead just be very like um, supportive. And I think he does a really good job of this. And then 
as I experienced it from his end, like his patience and acceptance, I started to be better at it too. So yeah, I just feel like he's like very non-judgmental and patient and like sometimes naturally if I feel upset or stressed about something, I sometimes like worry that if I express it, like he'll think worse of me or like if I look if I seem like I'm having like an irrational reaction to something, he'll think worse of me. But he actually never has and I've always felt really like reassured each time that he doesn't judge me and he actually like validates me and helps me think it through and will be like oh you know actually like it makes sense that you are stressed given xyz um yeah and i think this has just taught me to also on the flip side like if he has brief periods of like just being stressed or tired i don't take it personally if he doesn't want to talk as much even if i think prior to this my natural inclination was to um worry like if it's something i'm doing wrong um but really i think just being able to compartmentalize better and not interpret someone else's behavior to be a result of my actions when it actually doesn't have anything to do with me um so yeah i think like this is something i'm also really proud of and happy to realize because as i've talked about on this podcast in my past relationship the one before this there was a lot of emotional entanglement and enmeshment where we just like couldn't really separate our emotions from each other and I think couldn't navigate boundaries. So this is something really valuable and I think will make my current relationship sustainable. So um, yeah, I, I guess just like very hopeful and happy about that. Yeah, and now that I've settled into my own home, um, it's really nice. I This is like my first time living by myself in a relatively suburban area. It's in Brookline, or it's like on the border between Brookline and Alston. Um, yeah, and I really like the vibe of the immediate neighborhood. Like it's like a nice suburban aesthetic, and it's still pretty close to a lot of different things that I enjoy. So just like a great area to take walks in Um, so i like that vibe Um, i just started an f45 membership so that's very exciting Um, it's actually just like only a 10 minute walk away which is great i'm reminded of like back in um, 2022 like last year at this time i had spent a month in dc in a sublet like just to relax and Um, be away from New York and I was really close to an F45 there and I went for two weeks straight and I was like wow I like it so much I wish someday I could live near an F45 so I could go consistently Um, and so I guess my wish has come true at least for six months that I'll be here I'll be trying to go very consistently Um, so hopefully good things happening for my health and my body Um, There's also like just a lot of Asian food nearby and there's also a really nice and big bookstore that I found recently so that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, I think just like at least in the past few days, week or so that I've been settled down in this new home, I've been living my daily life with a lot more gratitude which I'm really happy with and maybe it's because I just haven't started working yet so i have more free time to just like think about whatever and go on walks um but yeah i just find that with the free time and the free space which to me just means like 
more space than New York because now I'm in a more suburban area. Yeah, with the time and the space, I have more appreciation and my thoughts have more freedom to go and explore. And I think when I have more time and space to think, the thoughts eventually always converge to like being very grateful for what I have. And so that's good and that's very positive. Um, like what I had mentioned, I think a lot previously is just like, or thought about a lot when I was still in New York and um, in the early stages of making this transition, I thought um, one of my major concerns was just not feeling like I had enough time and space to both like pursue my own interests and hobbies and also just like internally mentally I felt like my mind space was too crowded in it it was too crowded in such a way that I don't have as much conviction um, and consistency in holding on to like deep down what I want to do or maybe just like I think my mind space was too crowded to have a stronger sense of my internal identity and it's starting to make a lot of sense to me just taking walks in my suburban neighborhood now maybe the appeal of a slower pace more suburban life right now in this like specific phase of my life is actually just to allow myself the time and space i need to basically become confident in my own identity (laughs) Um, and specifically to become certain in my goals and my passions. I think, like, given that, um, I guess my goal of becoming a clinical psychologist has been there for, like, five years now, but it's always felt pretty in flux. So, like, in college, there was a push and pull of, like, doing finance and, like, thinking, like, when would I actually start doing psych after I do finance first? And then once I graduated, graduated, I was actually working in consulting and then switching to Zencare, which was more mental health, but still like not, um, not the like clinical work that I eventually want to do. So I think given just like all of that push and pull, this period of my, like right now, as in 2023, and once I start my job as a uh, clinical research coordinator, this is like the first time in my life that I am pursuing what I want to do, as in like my actual day-to-day behavior is aligning with my internal desires and goals. Um, I guess that sounds a little dramatic, like not to say that in the past I was never doing what I wanted to do, like I was also in other ways doing what I wanted to do, but yeah, I guess my point is that it took a lot of time and space and continues to take that time and space for me to be absolutely sure that this is what I want to do. And I guess like in a way I have been sure for a while, but I think when I have more freedom, more time and more space, it grounds me more and makes me feel more confident in doing this and makes me feel more like this is right for my life. And like, it's almost like more perspective i guess and i'm like oh this is what i am called to do in a way like in a more like finding purpose and meaning in one's existence type of way 
Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Hopefully. Um, and the other thing is like related to this. Um, I probably have in the past like few years, like also since like the beginning of college, a semi-regularly recurring theme in my thoughts is like why I'm not pursuing a STEM field when it made all the sense for me given my background, upbringing, social circle, education, all of that. Given all of that, it makes so much sense for me to pursue a STEM field. And so although it's been a... Although like... I've long come to the conclusion that I'm not doing that because it's not what I'm interested in. And I never doubted like, oh, I maybe should go back to it. Like I didn't seriously have that doubt. I think it's still just like been in my thoughts because I've always felt a little bit like, like maybe I'm disappointing someone or like I'm letting down some expectation by not doing this thing. And so once in a while, I'll just like wonder what it would have been like had I pursued a STEM field. And I'll think about like why I didn't want to, etc. And yesterday I went to this like author talk at the bookstore near me. Um, and the author was um, a emergency room surgeon and he, um, or emergency room doctor, and he wrote a memoir. Um, and so this is like not related to the topic I'm talking about, but he used this term systemic betrayal in the context of how healthcare workers are not being sufficiently supported by their institutions. And yeah, my point is completely unrelated to that, but it was just the two words, systemic betrayal. Like today when I was taking a walk, I was reminded of them and I was thinking about this, like me not choosing a STEM field thing. And I think that to me, it feels like me not choosing a STEM field to go into is betraying my upbringing and my education. It's kind of like betraying this whole system that I was brought up in, which gave me the education, the like, I guess the intelligence, the resources, like all of it to be able to, I guess, like be in a successful traditional or like lucrative field. Um, and that was an interesting, I guess, insight because I've never like understood it as like the word betrayal. Like I always before just felt like, oh, maybe it's just like peer pressure. Like I just like want to do a big part of me just like wants to do what my friends want to do. Like maybe that's what it, or like maybe I just like want a more secure and stable life and like have more like financial stability blah blah blah. um but yeah i think this realization about like betraying my upbringing and education is more enlightening in that it it i guess kind of frees me it like frees frees me from this expectation because now i can um isolate it and be like okay yeah this is the context of the life I've been given and it's like the factors of my education, of my upbringing, but that's not like the same as like just like who I am and who I want to be. It's like, I guess the external versus the internal, maybe still kind of figuring that out. Like obviously this is a conversation really about conformity and like I think norms and I think obviously people always have expectations around them. 
um, and navigating those expectations and norms within the context of the society or group that one is in is a really challenging thing and it's like a big part of growing up and finding one's path and one's identity and I think for me it's been a long journey but I definitely feel like I have found my own path and I'm not conforming to like just expectations or like an autopilot path and I feel personally very privileged to be able to choose this path and I feel very lucky to have for example very big factors to have the support of my parents and my family um to pursue what I want to do and in the in the broader context of my life I feel very privileged that I even have these choices available to me um as I grow older I think I reflect on when I was younger I always used to see myself as a very existential person Um, I think since like middle school and especially in high school, I was very concerned with questions of purpose and meaning and fulfillment and what does it mean to have a life? Why do I exist? Like if I exist, like what is the point? Um, And I used to just think that was like purely my personality. And I think although like it is part of my personality, it is also a result of me having the privileges and resources to be able to think of those things freely. So as I get older, I just am more aware of that privilege and to not take that for granted. Yeah. And so I think speaking more to this like identity aspect of like feeling more confident and sure of my own identity in the context of my career and academic interests, um, I think it's really cool to get older and actually like feel closer to my childhood self in a way like I'm starting to see that maybe the person I am and the person I want to be is also has always been the same as the person that I grew up as and the person that I've always been if that makes sense I think the example I'm thinking of is like um I, in my, I'm obviously like interested in therapy and psychology and reading, writing. So I think, I guess I would just describe someone, uh, describe myself as someone that's very interested and resonates with words and stories. Um, And when thinking about my childhood, I actually was always that way. I really like to read. And one of my first like dream jobs was to be a writer and I kind of lost that for like 10-15 years but now as I take my walks in the suburbs I actually realize that a big dream I have is to write a book or to write stories that get published and so I don't know like everything is starting to converge um yesterday at the book talk the person interviewing the author was a healthcare reporter um and I was just thinking about how like her job and the type types of people that she talks to the topics she covers are really interesting and so that's like journalism which I did in high school but I never thought very deeply about my interest in journalism because I didn't myself want to be a reporter but I'm realizing like all of these things all of these like threads are connected to all my internal interests so I don't know it makes me kind of realize like I am the same person that I've always been and although like 
in adolescence, in college, like sometimes it can be hard to figure that all out and sort it through because there's so many other factors going on that it's overwhelming. Um, at my core, I guess I'm just the same person. Like I, I think, you know, obviously people all have many layers and are multifaceted and our external surroundings are always going to be influencing us, affecting us. Um, I think for those reasons, it can be harder than I expect to uncover someone's core root self. Um, so yeah, I guess like when I describe it, it feels very simple. It's like, oh, like that was always me. It was always there. But then it's like complicated by all these other experiences and expectations. And so I think the threads of these different stages of my life, um, it's very interesting to consider it now that, I don't know, I keep on saying now that I'm older, but I'm not that old. Um, yeah, I think it's just interesting to consider how like different layers of myself um, interact with each other and like the different types of interests I have and whether they are all the same or like am I really like am I really that multifaceted or am I just like one consistent person I don't know yeah and I would say like in the past half year or so this has become more strong like I've been reading a lot more because I have the time to and so like related to that I have a much stronger desire to write and I have been writing a story, like a personal essay um, recently. And I think just like this dream of like writing a book is more strong in my mind now. And it does feel like something that would be cool to strive to achieve for like later in my life. Um, and I think the dream fundamentally is to like share my thoughts with other people and to reach people that I otherwise wouldn't connect with wouldn't have been able to connect with in my personal day-to-day -day life like I think having the dialogue and conversation reach people who are not directly in my own life and to open that conversation for other people is really cool um and it's like a privilege to reach those people in the same way that I think of like doing therapy is a privilege because then you get to see the internal workings of someone who you wouldn't have met in your personal daily life. So it does make sense to me, like all of this comes together. Like I think people who are interested in psychology and mental health and like therapy are often also interested in like reading and writing. So yeah, I guess I'm, it's not unique. Um, yeah, I guess, what else is there to say about this topic? Like, I, I think, oh, about the lay layers of my own interests. Okay, so I think one big part of understanding my own identity is also, like, thinking about my life in New York and my life now, or just, like, the life I want to live in a more settled way. Um, I think in New York, I felt this misalignment in how much time and ability I had to pursue my deeper internal interests. But this misalignment was, mm, it was there, but it coexisted with like, I felt incredibly fulfilled by the fun that I was having. So like more surface level activities that 
brought me a lot of joy and fulfillment. So that's like going out to eat at restaurants, um, hanging out with my friends, going out to karaoke, like meeting friends of friends, blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like all, all of those things I genuinely really, really enjoyed and they brought a lot of value to my life. It's just that the value is not like a deeper value. It's kind of just like a surface level fulfillment and like being happy in my day-to-day life, which is also very important. Um, so what I'm realizing is like those activities that I enjoyed on the surface level that brought me fulfillment, they are true to myself and they exist just as much as my deeper level interests. So that's like more the internal, the like reading, writing, thinking about the human condition, society, relationships, identity, and then like the biggest one being pursuing a career that I care about and becoming closer to being a psychologist. Like these more like internal goals exist and are on the layer, I guess, like of a deeper fulfillment. Um, But the existence of these, like, they don't necessarily, like, overpower or invalidate the surface level um, fulfillment, I think. Um, So, I guess it's, like, a relief and it feels empowering to know that all of these aspects are myself and I don't need to place any judgments about what I enjoy, like, whether that's on the surface level or the deeper level. And I can just value and acknowledge all of these things that make me happy in my life. And that's great. Like, I think ultimately I want to live a happy life, obviously. So self-understandings like these, and obviously there will be more in the future as I grow and evolve, um, they will really continue to help me through the rest of my life. And just like being aware of these types of things, like what makes me fulfilled, whether that's internal, external, whether that's surface level, deeper level, being aware of these things and like creating a life where I can have them is going to be essential to me, I guess, just living the life I want and becoming the person that I want to be. Yeah, that's like a lot about, I think, like vaguely finding my own identity and becoming more confident in it. Um, looking towards the future, um, I am interested to see like in my day-to-day life whether I'll start to miss New York anytime soon, like whether I'll start to miss the pace of the social life I used to have where I could regularly see my friends. Because now, you know, basically I'm like not socializing very much. Um, But the question that I'm interested to see is like, how long will I continue to feel completely satisfied and settled with just like the life that I will have here which is like a very peaceful I guess like combination of like work f45 being in the suburbs cooking instead of eating out hanging out with my boyfriend like occasionally seeing other people here and there but not very much um yeah it's like such a big change in life but I feel very ready for it and I feel like um I feel very aligned. Maybe that's the word. Like, I feel like my internal and external are aligned right now, which is great. Um, And then one more thing about, like, writing before I wrap this up. Um, One of the books I read recently is Stay True, like the memoir by Hua Su. Um, One quote that I really like from it, he says, um, quote, 
the expansiveness of a free night, writing so that I might appear in my own lines, even if nobody would ever read them, end quote. Um, yeah, this just like really resonated with me, I think like in terms of words being a way to seek your own identity. Um, I definitely feel like writing and reading helps me process things. And so I really relate to him in that, like, even if I don't want, even if I don't like intend anyone to read my words, which is usually what is the case, the words have this power of helping me understand myself and also like finding belonging in myself. Because if I write out those words and like their words that I think are good and resonate with me, then when I read it, I feel like I belong in that and it's me. Um, yeah, I just think it's like writing is a way to make sense of things and understand your own identity. And this is always going to be fulfilling and worthwhile in my opinion, because if you feel this way, then there's never an end to it. Like there's no end goal in my mind with writing and understanding because there will never be a perfect understanding. So there's always going to be more to explore, more to ponder and more to write. Okay. I think this is it for the podcast. Um, it's a little bit disjointed and like a lot of thoughts. A lot of it came just actually from like a walk I took in the neighborhood this morning. So yeah, I hope if you listen to all of it that you enjoy it and um, bye for now.